All right, the main idea is Joseph's hardship, Joseph's wisdom from God, and Joseph's provision from the Lord. Three areas. We're going to cover Joseph's life, and we're going to be in Acts when we do it. Um, but we're going to cover all these three things in Joseph's life. Um, could you go to Hebrews 11 for me, guys? And I'm going to read it. And then I'm going to read Acts. It's going to be on the screen, so you don't have to worry about flipping to Acts. But I'm going to be in Hebrews 11:21. Then I'm going to be in Acts 7, verses 9 through 16. So I'm going to start reading Hebrews 11:21. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his sons, the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the Exodus and the Israelites. Gave directions concerning his bones. We're going to talk about that later. That probably sounds weird. Like, what is Joseph doing when he talks about his bones? All right. Then we're going to be in Acts 7. A little fun before we read this, just a little uh, context. This guy's name's Stephen. He's about to die for his faith, but he's about to give an account of all the things God did throughout the Bible. And he talks about Joseph here. And really, he summarizes Joseph's life so well that I'm going to unpack what he's saying. But I think it's really cool to see how he defends his faith. Like essentially, the, if y'all know Paul before he became, or Saul before he became Paul, he was persecuting Christians, and this is the first big moment in Saul's life where someone's about to die for being a Christian. And what's really cool before we read it is a side note, you just see how Stephen was so confident in that God kept his promises that he knew he was about to die, but he's like, I'm going to tell you the gospel. That's a conviction. So we're going to read this, starting in verse 9. And the patriarchs, jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him out of all, his, all of his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made him ruler over Egypt and over all his household. Now there came a famine throughout all Egypt and Canaan and a great affliction, and our fathers could find no food. But when Jacob heard there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our fathers on their first visit. And on the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. And Joseph sent and summoned Jacob his father and all his kindred, 75 people in all. And Jacob went down into Egypt, and he died, he and our fathers. And they carried him back to Shechem and laid him in the tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamor and Shechem. There's so much there we're going to unpack, but I want to pray. Every time we read God's word, he speaks to us. I want to pray after reading it. God, thank you for today. Um, even that Stephen was able to give an account for his faith, Lord, about Joseph and about all the people of the Old Testament, how you are faithful to them. Lord, may we see today through the life of Joseph that even when we are, even when people think wrongly of us and we've done nothing wrong, Lord, may we see that our hope is not found in people's opinions and ultimately, Lord, if it was based on ourselves, we would be guilty. But Lord, thank you for the love of Jesus. Thank you that Jesus died for us and made us right with God. So your sons and we pray. Amen. All right. Joseph's hardship. So if you're familiar with the story of Joseph, this might sound like something you grew up listening, but we're going to learn a lot from Joseph's life. Now, how many of you have been in trouble for something you didn't do? Just think about that real quick. I'm sure a lot of you have examples. When I was in 11th grade, I took Spanish too, which languages are hard for me. It's ironic because the Bible is written in a different language, so it's fun trying to learn another language. But uh, languages are hard. I remember my sophomore year of high school, we were taking the Spanish test, the first test and my teacher slowly started calling people out of the classroom, which immediately when you see the teacher do that, you probably get a little nervous. Um, I was one of the ones that was eventually called out. And he asked all of us if we had essentially cheated on this test we just took, which I don't know if you're like me and you're a rule follower, you get a little anxious when a, a teacher is going to accuse you of something like that. And I remember um, this time it worked out. I can give you stories where, uh, funny stories with school, but this particular moment, 
um, the teacher went around and asked all of us if we cheated on the test. And it's like, no, I didn't. I give you my word. And it was a reminder. He's like, well, he didn't really know me. He's like, your word doesn't really mean much to me right now. I was like, oh. But thankfully, this was a moment where I didn't fail my test. I didn't get suspended because I definitely could have been suspended if I was caught cheating. Apparently, the, the guy beside me, because everyone knew I was bad at Spanish, took pity on me, and we had these little dividers. Do y'all have those anymore? When you take a test, like a little folder divider? Apparently, he was sliding it. Legitimately, I did not know he was doing that. The guy was trying to help me out, but he was sliding it under the folder because he knew I was so bad at Spanish, but I was too worried about the test to actually even notice. So, uh, But guys, like that's a funny story, but there are times in our life where we get accused of things we did, and we didn't do them. Uh, I have a friend right now who was accused of some really hard things off at college, some decisions that he made that weren't fully true, but he's having a hard time right now. And like what I'm having to talk to this guy about, what I want you all to hear is like, there are going to be moments in your life where people are going to accuse you of something. They're going to accuse you of something, and whether you did it or not, that's gonna, like whatever people say is going to happen. And what do you do with that? So guys, like there's going to be moments when we are um, basically put on trial. And what are we going to do in these moments? When someone accuses you of your character, when someone looks at, eyes at me, please. Um, when someone accuses you of something, how do you handle it? It's very easy. I'm walking through something with this guy, and he's like, where is God in this? I don't know if you're like me, and you've had hard moments, and you're like, God, where are you? God, this is a really hard moment. God, why would you allow me to do, be put through this? God, if you're loving, how can this be happening? I think in different moments, we all face these things. And Joseph in particular, can y'all go to that picture for me? Joseph in particular, if you don't know this story, was sold into slavery by his brothers. Imagine that. He's one of the younger brothers, and he gets these visions from God. And in these visions, uh, God is basically saying, counter to the culture, that this younger brother was going to rule over all of his brothers. And his brothers were jealous. They didn't like that. Have y'all ever been jealous? Have you ever been so jealous that you acted maybe different than how you should? His brothers were so jealous and angry with Joseph. They're like, we're going to sell him into slavery. He is our father's favorite. I don't know if, y'all, if your parents have a favorite si- sibling, but Joseph literally was the favorite sibling. And he was so much so that his dad like, gave him a special jacket. And maybe you can relate to that, but instead of like, having empathy and trying to understand your siblings, they sold him into slavery. They're like, get him out of here. We're going to fake his death. We're going to tell dad he's dead because we are so tired of Joseph not only being the favorite, but him telling us he's going to rule over us. So imagine it for a minute if you're Joseph, as we kind of think through what Joseph was going through. Because Joseph, what he was telling his brothers were visions God was giving him in his dreams. Which that's crazy to think about for a second, but Joseph was getting visions from God that he was going to do what we read at the end of Acts, that he was going to provide for his family, he's going to take care of them. And maybe he could have done it in a different way, but he didn't necessarily do anything wrong. And his brothers are so tired of hearing it, they want to get rid of him. So first off, really hard moment at a really young age, he's probably a teenager, um, put in jail or sold into slavery because he did nothing wrong. He was just a personal circumstance. Um, But then to make it harder for Joseph, he eventually, like, because Joseph, again, we're going to talk about Joseph's character, but because Joseph had such good character, he eventually got his way into this, like, really high military officer's house. He became a servant in this guy's house. And um, long story short, Joseph's character was put to the test because this guy's wife was really into Joseph, and she really had feelings for Joseph. And Joseph every time said, no, no, like, you, you're the wife of my, my boss, essentially. Like, that's not cool. I'm not going to do that. 
and she gets so mad at Joseph that Joseph wants to do the right thing that she lies to her husband that essentially Joseph did, in fact, um, do things with her, which he didn't, but she was so mad that Joseph would say no, that Joseph is accused of that and then put in jail. So imagine that. First off, you're put in slavery. Joseph's put in slavery. He does the right thing and continues to be honorable in his workplace. Then he gets put in jail because he would not do the wrong thing. If you're ever frustrated with God and wonder where he is, Joseph probably experienced that. Like, he's honoring God. He would not do things that could have been an easy excuse, and he goes into jail. Then, when Joseph's in jail, he gets to know some of the people of the Egyptian court. So, as we talk about Joseph's hardship, he sees two people in jail. Remember I said Joseph sometimes gets dreams from the Lord. He interprets two dreams of these guys that Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, put into prison. And now you would probably think, oh God, Joseph helped these people out. He's probably going to get out of jail. They get to know him. He's really nice. Some of you might have read this in small group this week. Joseph waited in jail after that for two years. Two years after he'd been put in jail falsely, he waited for God to bring him out of jail while he helped these people. And the Lord was going to use those moments. He was going to actually use that moment to get Joseph out of jail. But what I want us to see is we talk about Joseph's hardships before we go to the next phase. Guys, sometimes in life, there are hard things we can't explain. Um, in John 16, if you want to write that down, it's not on the screen, but John 16, around 33, Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. And here's what Jesus is trying to say. If you're a Christian, and all throughout the Gospels we see this, if you're a Christian, you're going to experience hardship. If you're a Christian, people are going to falsely accuse you of things. If you're a Christian, your faith's going to be put to the test. But how do you respond to that? And we're going to see how Joseph did, but before we get there, I want us to see, guys, that life isn't always kind to us. And if you say you're a Christian, there are going to be moments where if you stand up for your faith, you're going to be put in hard circumstances, which happened all through Joseph's life. But now we're going to read how God used that to, to not only make his name great, but to bless Joseph. So can you go to the next slide for me? Joseph's wisdom from the Lord. This is our next point. Can you go to that picture? This is, uh, if you can't tell, that's supposed to be Pharaoh. He is, at this time, the probably greatest military power in the world. So it would be kind of like the U.S. or China or one of those, like one of the biggest governments with the biggest military. Again, he, um, he had him in jail because Joseph um, honored his boss, but his boss thought he was lying. And so, long story short, Pharaoh learns about Joseph's vision. He interprets uh, Pharaoh's vision. And here's what Pharaoh sees coming, and Joseph interprets it. There's going to be a huge famine. You know, I don't know if uh, you've noticed that these burn bans we get every now and then. Um, sometimes we can't do fireworks. I'm from the country. And um, one thing I remember one Fourth of July, was, or actually we could even, so we'll do two. We'll say when I grew up and someone shot fireworks, you could get the field, could catch on fire so quick if you weren't careful because of a burn ban. And that would cause things like droughts, and it would cause like famine, a lack of food. I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with these wildfires in California. I have friends who have property that, like, they had all of these trees, they had all these grapes, they had all this stuff, and it's gone. Like, you know, fire just comes in, it's gone. And essentially, what Joseph knows, what he hears from the Lord is, all the food around the world, including Egypt, it's about to be gone. The weather's about to be so rough that people can't store food, and they're going to starve. And the Lord gave Joseph wisdom, which I was reading um, all around the Bible about wisdom. And I don't know if y'all have heard about the book of James. And one thing we're going to see in Joseph's life, and I, I kind of wanted to go here and we're going to work backwards, is Joseph was a man who sought the Lord and sought wisdom. 
Which is why when his brothers sell him to slavery, when Joseph's put through slavery, instead of just doing things that could have been harmful to him, Joseph was obedient because he sought the Lord first and knew that the Lord, for whatever reason, had him there. And he was faithful where he was. And then when Joseph gets accused of, or basically when he's being hit on by his boss's wife, he knew the Lord called him to live differently. He knew that if he was going to be a Christian, or at that time just a follower of God, he had to live honorably. So he didn't do that. And then we finally get here where God has brought him to the Pharaoh. And he has this vision and he tells him, hey, there's this famine. We need to store up food. And what we see, what's really cool is because of this famine, Joseph's brothers and all of his family is really hungry. They're really poor at this time because all their livestock has been hit. Imagine that, by the way. Imagine like if you had everything taken from you. Maggie taught about Job over the summer. It's kind of like that. They had everything taken from them essentially because of this famine. So they go into Egypt because they're like, hey, we need help. And what's really cool, if you could have been Joseph and you could have just seen all these hard moments as God, I don't trust you. God, I'm going to do my own thing. God, why would you do this and experience hardship? Or we can learn from Joseph who through God's faith was faithful and he basically becomes second in command of all of Egypt. That's what we see here. Because Joseph says this, he becomes the second leading person in the world. And his family comes in, and they're hungry. And he's able to provide food, not only for his family, but all 75 like of his cousins, second cousins, however you want to do that. Um, but what we see in Joseph's life is wisdom from the Lord. Guys, think about it for a minute. The last time something really hard happened to you. Maybe it's with something with your sibling, or maybe something with a friend. Maybe you're like me and you're really bad at school and you bomb a test. I've definitely done that and I did that in Spanish enough. How do we handle that? How do we handle things, guys, when you're like me and you get accused of something you didn't do? It's really easy to get angry. You know, God's word says this, guys, like when you're accused of something, it's really easy to get angry back. But God's word says that we don't repay evil with evil, but blessing. And here's what that means. Instead of if someone falsely accuses you, Instead of getting angry, if we believe God is real, if we believe that God is Lord and that he controls our life, we're called, instead of being angry, to learn to trust God in all circumstances. And what we see in Joseph's life is he provides food for essentially all of this part of Israel because he was faithful and the Lord blessed him. And the Lord, in fact, is going to bless him so much, as we read later, that the whole nation of Israel is going to grow. I don't know if y'all remember when I talked about Abraham a few weeks ago. But God's going to continue his promises because he keeps them. And so we see Joseph's wisdom that he can learn to trust that God is who he says he is. Can you all go to that last slide for me? This is the last thing I want to talk about. Joseph's provision from the Lord. Last thoughts, and here's what I want you all to see. Guys, the Lord provided Joseph, obviously, with a military status. He provided Joseph and his family a bunch of food. He provided a lot of physical things, and God can do that. Sometimes he can provide us things. But that's not the story of what we see throughout God's word about what we're promised. Um, Jesus says it this way. He said, you know, why invest into things like a car or a really nice house or I like my cowboy boots? Why invest into like things like cowboy boots and things like that that are eventually going to break? Like why would we live, Pastor Goebel kind of talked about this today, why would we live for material possessions that are eventually going to break? Like, you know, some of your parents, they work really hard to provide for their family, and that's great. But if people are living because they want the next house, or they want the next car, or they want the next promotion, or maybe for you, you're living for to make the next team, um, to make that friend group at lunch, 
Uh, maybe for you, you're living to be a straight-A student, whatever you're living for. If that's what you're living for, you're misplacing your hope. And Jesus says, we are to live for something that outlasts us. And here's what that means. If we believe that God keeps his promises, we might not make grades. It's cool if we do. There's nothing wrong with making good grades. There's nothing wrong with being successful in what we do. But if we look at those things for happiness and hope, we're going to be disappointed. If Joseph had looked for those things in life, he was going to be disappointed most of his life. But God's word promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. And so here's the important thing. That promise is true if we're in Christ. If you would say today that you don't know who God is or he's not Lord of your life, talk to your parents, talk to one of us as a team. We want you to know that. But what we see in Joseph's life is he's able to see that, hey, all this stuff essentially got taken from him. His character was questioned. All the things he could have hoped in, he didn't have. But because he knew God was better than all of those things, because he believed back then that God kept his promises, because if we're Christian, we know that Jesus died for our sins and rose from the grave, God keeps his promises to us. If we believe that God keeps his promises, he's provided everything we need in life. He's provided hope through his son. He's provided salvation. He's provided, Jesus tells his followers that I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And what he's trying to say is everything God's providing, this world could never take. Everything he's providing will never be taken from us. And what we see, going back to Acts, and I'm closing, what we see with Stephen, who's literally being accused of being a Christian, that was what Stephen did. The reason he's about to die is that he said Jesus died for his sins. And all these people didn't like that, so they're going to question him. And then they're about to kill him. And what Stephen can say is, hey, at the end of the day, all of these things, they're fleeting. Eyes on me, guys. All these things, they're fleeting. But what I can tell you is, God is real, God loves you, and God has a plan for his people. And then he dies. Imagine that. Sometimes we think in life, if we do the right thing, we're going to get good things. Stephen literally says, hey, you need to know God, and he dies for it. But what we see at the end of Stephen's life is he sees that he actually sees God looking down on him from heaven. And he knows he's going to be secure because God is the one who saves. So I want you to think before I close in prayer, where do you turn to for hope? What are things like if you didn't have it in your life, not, only, not that you'd be annoyed, but you'd be really sad. You know, I think it's really, for me, really telling if I haven't been reading my Bible when I get really irritable because I'm not resting. Like if I was to choose things that I really enjoy um, just to rest, it might be like Saturday was great. I got a good walk with my, my wife and my dog. We watched sports. Like that's fun for me. But if I don't get that and I get really irritable, I think it's a reminder of what do I think God has promised me versus what has he promised me? He hasn't promised me a, real, a lot of really fun things, though they're good. And God, you know, if you know the first statement of the Westminster Confession of Faith, it is uh, what is the chief end of man to glorify God and enjoy him forever. God has given us good things to enjoy here on earth. But God wants us to see the ultimate things we have to enjoy are found in, in Jesus. And so if things that we really like get taken, we know that God's still good. And in fact, what he has for us is far better than anything we can experience here, even if we have a really hard life like we see with Joseph. So I'm going to close this in prayer. We're glad that y'all are here today. Um, like Maggie said, we have different small groups throughout the week. So thank y'all for coming, and we're going to pray for our time. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that our, our provision is found in your son. Lord, may we learn from Joseph, who wasn't always faithful, but Lord, you are faithful to him. And Lord, we got to see his character be shaped by that. Lord, we pray when hard times happen for us that we can trust that you are good, that we can be shaped 
by the hope of the promise that Jesus Christ died for our sins, and we have hope in that. Lord, if there are people here who don't believe that or they're not sure, pray that you would prompt them to think through that. Lord, if we do say we know you, may we want it to be real. May it shape how we live. Thank you for the example of Joseph. It's in your sons that we pray. Amen.